You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you listen to our show via iTunes, I would ask you to take a minute to write uh, different podcasting services. Each month, we have several thousand downloads of the various shows that we've done that month. You know, with multiple executive positions held at various banks and bank groups, Steve Buster is now the CEO and president of Pacific Mercantile Bank. His background and previous experience is just the start of what makes him the perfect fit as CEO of Pacific Mercantile Bank. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm delighted to be here. Let's talk a little bit about your background. Well, tell me about your path to your current role. Well, I really started banking because I had no idea what I wanted to do for a living back in 1973. I graduated with an MBA from USC okay, and uh, went into a training program at United California Bank at the old Six and Spring head office in downtown Los Angeles. So thinking I would probably move out of there in a couple of years once I found an industry type of company that I really wanted to work with, uh, I'd move on in my career. Well, Dad, come in if I didn't really like what I was doing, and I stayed there until they sold me like a baseball player. That was 27 years later. They sold my division. Wow. Uh, I had uh, about every possible job in that bank, and it was a wonderful place to train. Uh, including assignments in Beverly Hills where they throw the book at you with all types of uh, unique opportunities of financing Okay. Uh, and big syndications. I was international in capital markets. They sent me to London for five years. Hmm. Uh, and I was, That's a uh, valuable experience, isn't it? Oh, you know, I was just in my 30s when they sent wow, me. what a great time. And we had a <laughs> uh, $2 billion branch. Look at you. And there are 480 banks in one square mile, and except for ours, maybe, they send their best people from around the world. So you really learned a lot uh, from being with those folks. Um, International was uh, very, very unique, very special, and you are a CEO even though you're a branch manager because everything in a foreign country like that is your responsibility. Okay. So if the Bank of England is upset about something, you're on the mat. And uh, the regulators, we had our own pension fund in uh, in Sterling hmm. for the employees. Um, uh, we ran in four currencies, we had to run all those books. It was a wonderful opportunity to be a CEO without yet being one technically. Right, yeah. You get experience beyond the title. Exactly. Right, get it. Eventually, I came back to Los Angeles, and they sold my division, which was International and Capital Markets, to Standard Chartered Bank. It was headquartered in London. It used to own Union Bank here in California okay. and some other banks uh, in Arizona, other places. It's a major international bank, one of the top banks in Asia Pacific, headquartered in London. It's English by background. It grew up in the 1800s from really the colonies, and it was a central bank in a lot of places as uh, Britain had Mm. laid out colonies throughout the world. So it was all over Africa, all over Asia. I went to Singapore and uh, spent five years there. London, Singapore, Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. nice tours of duty. So it was terrific. So ultimately I found myself, it was a huge job. I had 2,000 people in Asia Pacific that reported into my group, which was uh, corporate banking. Uh We did all the trade finance, other things. My job was to travel every week in one of the countries in Asia Pacific, 
I'd meet with the Minister of Finance on some occasions, the head of the central bank, and call on customers and our, our own people. It was a fantastic job. But ultimately, how was I ever going to get home? Right. So finally, I moved home, and uh, uh, I looked for a new position in California, and I got a very unusual call from Gil Garcetti, who was the district attorney at the time for Los Angeles County, and he said, Steve, I know you very well. You don't know me, but I need you. Hmm. I said, well, what in the world for? He says, well, you're going to be assistant DA. Well, I'm not even a DA. I'm not even an attorney. Okay. Well, he made me the chief operating officer. Wow. And uh, the reason for this was uh, they had a program for child support collection that the DA ran. Uh, there were 1,800 people, I think, that collected child support. And uh, it was getting very bad publicity. And so I promised to do community service for two years and fix it. And I had the backing of all the supervisors. Uh, They Hmm. all approved me. And Gil let me have my hand to be able to merge private sector techniques with public sector business. And it was a fascinating assignment for two years. I really enjoyed it. And we had great success. And uh, I think Gil was very, very happy with the end result, which was no more on the front page of the newspapers. It right. was working very well. Nice. So how did you end up here with Pacific Mercantile Bank? Then? Well, uh, next job was U.S. Trust. I had the Western U.S. for banking of U.S. Trust. I got a call from a community bank uh, uh, president and CEO who was a longtime friend. He said, there's a bank up in Northern California, and I know uh, you're not looking, but please talk to them. You will love it. Well, I've always been a big bank. Right, yeah. Wow. When I went up there, I fell in love with community banking, and I became the CEO of Mechanics Bank. It was a little over $3 billion. Uh I was there for nine years and then retired. And um, I uh, went on a cruise with my wife, and we had a wonderful time. And We got back in the airport, and I made the mistake of uh, answering my phone that was uh, vibrating in my pocket at the airport. And it was a wonderful man named Ed Carpenter. And uh, he said, Steve, um, I know you're retired, but we just bought uh, 38% of the largest um, local bank in Orange County. Right. And uh, we want you to come run it and help us fix this. Okay. And uh, so I was retired for six weeks. And went right <laughs> At least back got a cruise work. in. <laughs> and uh, if Jeez. I knew how hard this would be... I'd do it again. It's really been a fun ride. So okay. I've been there for two years. That's for two years now. There. Oh, mm-hmm. congratulations. And we're talking with Steve Buster. I can call you Steve, right? Please do. Okay, he is president and CEO of Pacific Mercantile Bank. What is, for, for the audience who may not be familiar with the current Pacific Mercantile Bank, tell me a little bit about why clients do business with the bank. We are a business bank. Uh, it's not retail. It is strictly a business bank. And uh, there's a lot of sources for money today. But there's something more that people want if they pick a bank carefully. Um, We focus on small and medium-sized businesses. And those businesses often started up, say, 10 years ago. They've grown very quickly. The CFO is often um, unsophisticated. Uh, Maybe he was more of a controller type, but the company's gotten bigger. It's family-owned. They need a partner. They need someone to help advise them on the financial outlook and and how to improve their business. That's what we provide. So we use what's called consultative sales. They bank with us. We're not the cheapest, 
but we give them insights and help on their modeling for finance, okay. um, on products that they're going to need. We have all the big bank toys of products, online banking, mobile banking, you name it, we've got it. Okay. But we provide all of the help and expertise as a financial partner for those companies. So our big competition, of course, is big banks. They give very inexpensive money, but they change people often. And yeah. I find most clients or prospects don't like dealing with the big banks. They do because they're convenient and they're there and they have money, but they really would love a community bank that really takes them on as a partnership in advising and helping them do their business. So that is our niche, and we are fortunate to be growing very rapidly at that. Is this, has the value proposition of Pacific Mercantile Bank, and I'm talking with Steve Buster, has it changed in the two years that you've been leading it? Was this the bank that you took over two years ago? No. Uh, unfortunately, we were a bank uh, in deep distress because of the um, Great Recession. Yes. Uh, the bank was dominantly a investor-type um, real estate financer for buildings, uh, various places, and including uh, a great deal of construction lending, and it got in terrible trouble. Okay. So the recession hit the bank very hard. Uh, since I've been there, uh, we've completely restructured the strategic plan into what we saw CNI, commercial and industrial lending, mm -hmm. away from real estate. We do real estate, but we're not in the construction lending business. We have uh, sort of de-emphasized investment real estate, and now we do relationship banking. That's the key for us today. So the strategy is different. The people are different. Uh, we've cleansed the balance sheet of our problems now, and now we're profitable. That takes a while, doesn't it? It does. You know, that's the one thing that gets banks in trouble. You have bad assets, it takes years to get out of it. Right. But uh, we had orders from the Federal Reserve Bank and the state uh, in pretty serious trouble, and we've had all those released, and we're a healthy uh, institution now, Great. rapidly growing. So Great. that's what we've done in the last two years. So it's perfect timing for you to be here on the show to talk to our audience of middle market CEOs about the current version of your bank. Indeed it is, yeah. yes. Because uh, I find my clients who are those small and middle market CEOs, they're reluctant to change their banking relationship because they feel so kind of embedded with them. It's a lot of work to move. It is. And, and you really have to want to do it. And so there has to be a compelling reason. You have got to show the proposition of real added value. Right. So let me explain how that comes about often. Um, we have all types of case studies that we could talk about. But very often, a company needs to go to the next level. They've been um, uh, borrowing along and growing, but a big contract's out there or a big opportunity. Okay, well, what's that going to look like in three or four years? If they grow too fast, they can go bankrupt. Absolutely. And they don't even realize that. They just see the opportunity of reaching for the next level of business. So we go in and we do something called Horizon Analytics. We take all of their information. We take all the industry information in their business segment. And we start showing them he, these are the types of ratios that you would expect to have for a successful business in your field. And you have to be mindful of that because if you get out of these sort of characteristics, you may find yourself with maybe even a slight recession in serious trouble. Okay. Or if you grow too fast, you're in serious trouble. We do the bank modeling for them, and we help them structure um, a plan, a business plan around those opportunities. So hmm. that's where we start showing our value. 
at that point, we haven't even discussed price, loans, anything else. We've just worked on a model with them, and they're right. very appreciative. Once they see that value added and how their relationship manager is going to be very much a part of them, that's when they start gravitating to our style of a community yeah, bank. They right. love it. That's excellent. All right. We're talking with Steve Buster. He is president and CEO of Pacific Mercantile Bank. We're going to take our final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I've got a number of questions yet to ask him. I want to be asking him about the future as well, sort of where he sees the bank going and, and the nature of the relationship that banks and community banks have with their clients. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with more after these words from our sponsors. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed, and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority. Contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Steve Buster, who is president and CEO of Pacific Mercantile Bank, is our guest. Uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about current challenges facing the bank okay you have a lot of legacy challenges but you've got those behind you some of them are structural to the business but can you can you talk to us about the community banking industry maybe some challenges that are facing the bank today well we have plenty of challenges rick that is for certain and uh, let me start off by saying you know i went to a lecture of hoover institution and they uh, have some marvelous speakers he talked about uber and uber going into a market and comparing taxis with uber so taxis pay $100,000 to get their medallion, and for that they get a box that registers all of the fares that they can charge, exactly what they can charge. You can't tamper with it. You have to have a clean cab. They inspect you once in a while. And the Uber guy comes in, and he owns his own car, and he doesn't have any set fares. They can charge any level of three. 
Uh, this is based on supply and demand. Uh, they get woken up at uh, 11 o'clock at night because a convention broke and there's a lot of opportunity. And they say, oh, guy, I'll, I'll make triple fares. Sure, I'll go out there. And Uber is now uh, absolutely humiliating the rest of the industry in terms uh, – it's a $44 billion company, I think. 33 or $44 billion wow. company now. And that's all been in a few years. You take uh, Airbnb. It is now – because it matches real estate with people's needs, and it's a go-between on the Internet, you find a property you want, you go rent it, and they are now the largest hoteler in the world, and just a few bigger than Hilton or anybody, in just a, a, a few years. So what do those models have in common? Well, they are both built on a model around regulation. They circumvent regulation, and that's how they win. Well, banking has so much regulation, right. it's almost unbelievable. And so when I make a loan, I've got reserves i got to keep, CRA responsibilities I have to keep, fair lending regulations. I've got examiners in constantly, and we pay FDIC insurance. And on the Internet, they're going with sources of funds with people with excess liquidity and matching borrowing needs, and people think, hey, I'm going to put my money direct in there and get a higher return because the company, same companies are going to borrow and they're going to pay me all of it. Why get a little deposit? Right. Well, this is going to work great so long as we have a good, healthy economy. But there are new models. How, as an investor into that, do you know the algorithms they're using to lend are going to be good ones? Right. Those loans could go bad. And so we're challenged with this right now, but I think it's a freight train that's going to have problems, mm. and ultimately the community bank added value of being the responsible partner with that business is going to prove worthy. Right. But we got to fight this off for now. Right. So we don't think we're taxi cab drivers, even though it looks like it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it never ends, does it? There's, it does not end. Yeah, it's just the technology can be your friend, but it can also enable new business models. You know, one of the things I'd uh, like to talk about with some of my guests is the term we use guiding principle you know of all the things you've learned Stephen, over your time running leading organizations you know have you developed kind of an overarching philosophy or belief system that you're now using with pacific mercantile bank and if so would you share that with our audience what i have found works the best over the years you know you're always tempted make a loan maybe you can hit a very high rate uh temporarily or charge a lot for i tell our people always do the right thing you know what it is you know what it is in terms of treating your other uh, people, your associates well. You know what it is in terms of how you manage the relationship you have with borrowers. Always do the right thing. That includes the right thing for your shareholders. So life is a balance, isn't it? And yes. if we always do the right thing with that balance in mind, things work out to the best. Your long-term prospects are far better than if you just take advantage of opportunities because they're there. Right, so much more of a relationship than a transaction philosophy. It just, sure is. All right. We're talking with Steve Buster. He is the president and CEO of Pacific Mercantile Bank. What's the future hold? Two years in, I'm not sure how much longer you want to be there. That's almost doesn't matter. But where do you see taking the bank under your leadership and stewardship? Our bank is generating some wonderful special niches that I think we're going to capitalize in a strong way in the next number of years. One of them, believe it or not, is the entertainment industry. Now, our footprint is Beverly Hills down to La Jolla. We're out in Ontario, uh, Costa Mesa, and uh, Newport Beach. 
um, Hacienda Heights. We, we have a wonderful footprint. And within that footprint, there are specialties that are developing for that community. Okay. So in Beverly Hills, we have this entertainment industry. We finance films. There are probably only six or seven banks that even know how to do it. We are one of them that does really? it very well. We will finance a production into the can, and we get a commitment for delivery of a distribution from a distribution company of what they will pay once the film gets in the can. Uh-huh. Now, this is intensely documentary in nature. You have to know who you can deal with, who you can't. You can imagine the movie industry can be pretty slippery. Right. You've got to know who you're dealing with, deal with the right people. We're good at it. We make very good margins in it. We provide a real added value. It's short-term in nature, about year type loans, uh-huh. and we're growing rapidly. And some of the others are maybe losing their focus a little bit that have provided that service. So we see that as a very fast-growing long-term niche. Asset-based lending is another one. We have uh, technology as an area that we seem to be thriving in right now. Hmm. Um, and um, there's a competitor, not really a competitor, but BridgeBank is up in Northern California. They have done that in Silicon Valley. Well, Around UCI and other things, there's some very high-tech stuff going in. And we have people, mainly recruited from Silicon Valley Bank, we have five people from there that have background in this and are very good at it. So we're developing especially okay. in a niche to finance the technology area. And it's surprising. Games and other things that were developed, you know, you see kids playing them all the time. And entertainment, they're starting to fuse together. Right. Uh, I I go down the freeway and I see a big billboard, and I think it's a new movie coming out. No, it's a game. (laughs) Right. Sometimes commercials on TVs, they they think it's a new movie and it's a game. Exactly. Well, these games are financed in a similar way of milestones and an ultimate sale to somebody that wants to buy it and distribute it, and we know how to do that. So we're applying that to that field as well. These are going to be good specialties for Pacific Mercantile Bank. Wow. So that's not what I expected to hear from you. And uh, I think that's an interesting addition to being a solid citizen in the community and being a trusted advisor in a community bank. Well, I can't emphasize community enough. You're a community radio. Right. We are a community bank. Right. And, you know, we have a fiduciary responsibility. When we take in excess deposits in this community, we want to circulate them back to the community where it goes into thriving high expectation businesses that employ people and 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 build a quality of life it's our job and so we take great aim to see that these monies are recycled back we don't move it to brazil because that's a better markup right now right we stay right here and we circulate our deposits into that uh economy right and the domino effect of a of a smart investment like that and a smart loan to a good entrepreneur and business person who hires people who buys goods i mean that dollar just keeps getting recirculated in the community doesn't it we have a model we talk about called the virtuous circle there's four pieces to it the first is employees are most important asset. Okay. I have found people are not respectful of their employer anymore. They jump jobs with just another dollar. Well, why is that? It's because businesses started treating them like commodities. Right. Well, you get what you you do. Right. We really take our employees seriously. We try and develop their careers. We want to work with them so that they have a, a, a an attachment to the bank. Right. So. That is my most important step, is to build trust with our people. So we talk about values all the time. Now, what I find is when you treat your employees that way, they do the same with the clients, Mm. because that is the way we work. They treat our clients with respect. 
they bank with you and you get loyalty from them and you get all the products from them because they're treated with respect and care and your people aren't turning over all the time like some of the big banks. Right. We have people longer term and they work with our clients. And if that goes well, the community thrives. And that is what it's all about, employing people and a healthy community. And the last group is our shareholders. They benefit from those other three pieces working. And that's the virtuous circle. I love it. And I think it's in the right order, too. So if I can add my editorial on top of that. If someone wants to learn more about your bank, how do they find you online, sir? Well, we have uh, websites, PMBank, that's Pacific Mercantile Bank, dot com. Simple enough. Love to have visitors. In fact, we, we're putting out a new one next month. I think oh. they're going to really like it. State-of-the-art new one. Congratulations. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for being a friend of the program and a part of the critical mass community here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up this show. If you're listening to us live and you don't have anything to do in a half hour, meet me at Brandman University at the Irvine campus. We're having a, a panel discussion. We're going to talk about... Funding for early stage companies. I think you would enjoy the conversation. If you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking about starting a business, this would be a good hour to spend with me at Brandman University. I would like to thank our advertisers Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, SNH Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, T and Company, Tone Software. Turn up the volume and UPS protection. Uh, to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Rick Franzi. CEO Peer Groups is my Twitter handle. On your favorite podcasting software, type in Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll get our weekly shows. If you'd like to learn more about my business, it's Critical Mass for forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.